Eva Carter Grail, the Spartacus Sports Center on Scarab Bay Community Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. You're welcome once again to the Sports Center Show here on Scarab Bay Community Radio in associated with Derek Credit Union on the 88.3 and 92.7 FM. And on today's show, I'm joined as always by co-presenter Pat McNamara. And on today's show, we're going to discuss kayaking and the fundraising kayak uh, on the Shannon, uh, Shannon River for going to be done by Gavin Sheehan in aid of cancer research. And for after that, we're going to be talking to well-known local journalist uh, Seamus Hayes as we discuss all the GA activities of the past week and beyond. And now we're delighted to be joined online by Gavin Sheehan. Gavin is the massive kayak enthusiast and a, an, ex, an extremely good coach as well and uh, he'll talk to us about canoeing but in, or in kayaking but in specifically he was going to talk about um, an event called Kayak for Cancer which he's doing and he tells us all about it now. Uh, so Gavin, first of all, you're very, very welcome to the programme. Thank you, thanks for having me. Gavin, you're doing, on April the 2nd, you're starting a major, major fundraiser and a major, major, I suppose, extreme sports event, if you like, and that is you're kayaking from the, almost the source of the Shannon in Kevin all the way out to the end of the estuary around Kilrush someplace. So, uh, and it's for cancer research. You might first of all tell us where the idea came about and why it came about in, in your heads. Yeah, so I suppose the kayaking the Shannon, me and my friend uh, Mac have been kayakers for about 15 years. Um, so I suppose it's something we always wanted to do. I think kayaking the Brent of Shannon is definitely as a as a kayaker in Ireland something kind of everyone wants to do. Um, probably that, and then circumnavigating the island, but that, that's for another day. Um, but I suppose that's been kind of on our list for a while. And I think over the last few months, kind of the the ball has started rolling in our heads, and then we we kind of said we try and do it for a good cause. So um, unfortunately, I suppose both our families have been affected by cancer in recent years, probably like like most families. So we said we try and uh, raise some funds for the Irish Cancer Society as well while we're doing it. Yeah, and um, so I yeah. suppose for cancer came about then. Yeah, obviously a brilliant cause, and we, we'll tell our listeners later on, and we, we'll remind them about how to support you financially. So the nuts and bolts of it are when and where you're starting, how much you'll do each day, and all that sort of thing. What what are the details of the event, and how quickly do you think you can get it done in? Yeah, so starting uh, on Sunday, April 2nd, up in the Shannon Pot, uh, up in County Cabin. Um, so heading downstream then, and I suppose the plan is to do about 50 kilometres a day. Um, and then, I suppose, again, working our way down the country and hopefully finish up in Kilrush then on Easter Sunday, April 9th. Um, so I suppose all that is, again, it's a mercy of the weather. Hopefully it'll be kind to us. The, the forecast is saying it should be pretty pretty good, um, but we're, we're confident we can, we can make those targets every day. And how much of a help is it, I suppose, that you are going obviously with the current? Will, will that help you in the narrower parts of it? Or, or will it be, obviously, petting against it would obviously be impossible with it, but you're, you're with the current anyway. Yeah, we're with the current, thankfully, and I suppose the, the little bit of rain we've had over the last few weeks will actually help us a bit because um, the water is kind of a little bit higher than, than it would be this time of year. Um, but really, it's if the wind will be probably our biggest enemy, um, as you know, the, the prevailing wind will be from the southwest. So oh, yeah. if there's any wind, especially on the lakes, um, it's blowing right into our faces. So that'll, that'll slow you down majorly because um, the, the kayaks and obviously the, the paddle as you swing it through the air would act like a, a small bit of a sail and it'll just catch the wind. So. Um, praying for praying for low winds, really. To be honest, well, let him blame me for that. And you you say there off here before we started that you 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 have one training session that you've done is over fifty k a bit, but that might be fine for a day to do. But what I'm trying to get to is after about three or four days, when you've done fifty or fifty plus each day, how do you think the body will be? Or or are you well trained and well fit enough that this won't be an issue? Uh, 
I think we're fit enough. Yeah, we've been training now since probably I suppose for this trip um, since about December, um, and we've kind of been ramping up distances week by week. We've been doing gym sessions, um, practice overnight trips, just with fully loaded boats and stuff like that as well. So. Um, obviously, yeah, I think by, by day three or day four, we'll probably be maybe sick of each other and sick of Mike and what. Um, I think it'll just kind of, the mental side will kick in then and just, I think definitely seeing the new scene, uh, new scenery we haven't seen kind of before um, in some parts of the Shannon and uh, we're hoping, I suppose, for, for groups and people to join us on the way as well. I think that'll kind of definitely help the, the mental side and for sure we'll, we'll keep yeah. it going. Uh, Gavin, Leo here and th- that was one of the questions I was going, I was going to, to, uh, to ask you you know obviously you, you have well trained for the for the physical uh, uh, side of it you know but taking on an, an arduous challenge like this with, with two of you you know and uh, you know mentally you know are you prepared enough for the challenge coming ahead because obviously it is and, and as you said there's new places you're going to see and new, new water you're going to be on you know you fully focused and have you had any um, psychological training t- uh, t- talks for this t- to prepare? Uh, I suppose I have in a way, yeah. So it, like the way I think it is, whether you're 325 kilometres is a massive number and when you consider it, you know, we average in probably maybe five or six kilometres an hour, it feels like a massive undertaking, but you just kind of have to kind of break it down um, into whatever daily chunks, which is obviously our kind of 50k a day target, um, but even smaller chunks again to say okay we're going to paddle for an hour we'll do 5 or 6k we'll have a break we'll have a bit, of, a bit of food and then kind of go from there so we'll definitely break it down into more manageable bites or even when you're on the water when you're trying to cross cross one of the big lakes um, just look for your next target get to there and then look for your next thing rather than saying oh Jesus we need to cross this 36, 37 kilometer uh, locked erg and it's going to take us whatever half a day or a full day I think you've got to kind of break it down certainly into more manageable chunks and Gavin, have you have you a cover boat uh, going side by side with you? We actually will for I think for for Lot Bree, uh, Max Uncle is actually going to going to tail us in in his boat, um, and we also I suppose have a have a support van. My dad is going to be helping us along in a support van as well, just to keep us uh, okay going okay with with battery uh, charging and a bit of yeah. rope and stuff as well if we ever need it. And of course, your dad is a very keen kayaker himself, uh, Gavin. He is, yeah. I suppose he's probably the, the main influence of the way I kayak so much. He would have got me involved um, as a child. Um, kind of kayaking the, the Castle Connell section of the Shannon here. Uh, we're from Tonlara, so we were very close to our doorstep. And then um, I got involved in the UL Kayak Club, which is where I actually would have met my friend Mac. Um, and then I was very, very heavily involved in UL there during my time. So it kind of all just snowballed from there, to be honest. And... Um I was going to ask you there. Oh yeah, have you been involved? Have you done kayaking since you were a child? Well, obviously, with your dad involved, or is it something you both took up a bit later in life? We actually took it up. He he done a small bit, I suppose. Um, I suppose going back to the eighties, nineties, early. Um, but we really kind of got, I suppose, serious into it, going through the the, the proper, I suppose, canoeing and training. Um, when I was probably fourteen, fifteen, I'd say. Um, and then I suppose we kind of kept it going there and. He's thankfully kept it going as well, even to, into the seventies, which is great to see. And I, I, I suppose, tried to keep it going as well. Probably not to the same, the same volume I have been, uh, I was doing in college, but yeah. certainly trying to keep it going. Now, tell me, um, after a hard session of kayaking, x number of hours, or maybe a couple of days of it, what parts of the body are most likely to be either feeling the strain or maybe prone to a bit of injury? You know, each and how will you recover each evening? And where are you staying? That kind of thing to, to rest for the next day. Yeah, so we're actually hoping that we're, we're intending to camp every day. Um, so we'll, we'll have the tent and all the gear with us, and we're, we're going to camp along the banks and, and, the, and the islands. 
um, there. So we, we want to try and suppose do it as as a self supported as possible. I know we'll, we'll have the support from there if we need it, but definitely we we want to try and kind of keep it as adventurous as possible. Um, in terms of what I suppose will, will hurt day by day, um, probably the shoulders and probably the stomach muscles more so. I think people kind of associate kayaking using a lot of your arms, but I suppose Core, for something yeah. like this where you're trying, yeah, when you're trying to your long distances, you want to be as efficient as possible, so you don't want to be using your your upper body um, too much, your arm muscles. Um, so certainly, your your core will probably take the brunt of it. And tell us a little bit about the boat. Uh, the co- the kayak will be using is a specific specific type of one for distance, or you know, give us a few little technical details there. We might understand some of it. Yep. Yeah, so we're going to be using sea kayaks, um, they're plastic sea kayaks, so they're around sixteen or seventeen feet in length, um, and I suppose quite narrow. So they're made obviously for for covering long distances, and they're they're a little bit unstable. But again, when once you get up a bit of speed, they, they they cut through the water very well, and they, they cut through kind of choppy water quite well. Um, and then they have a couple of hatches then in, internally as well, so you can push your 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 dry gear into the hatches. Um, they they should stay dry, but they don't they're not one hundred percent dry. So you have to put all your gear and dry bags in as well. Um, but no, they're they're very comfortable both so for for full days paddling. And, and Gavin, what leg room space of leg room, you know, where you're, where obviously where you're sitting, and uh, you know, to, to be as comfortable as you can, you know, over a long. What is the leg room space available? Uh, it's pretty good, yeah. Um, I suppose you, you definitely wouldn't struggle. Um, anybody from, I suppose, the boats come in different different shapes and sizes. But I'm five foot nine, and um, I fit absolutely fine. I'd say if I was six foot plus, you definitely fit in this boat as well. Uh, no problem at all. And Gavin, um, sorry, yeah. sorry, and. Obviously, the Shannon is Ireland's major river and is the kind of a, an iconic uh, geographical feature. So, on the way, then, are you hoping to get support from kayaking groups along the way for stages that they'll join in with you? I mean, East Clare Paddlers, obviously, you have a, 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 a good a good involvement with there in recent years, and maybe one or two other areas. Are you expecting uh, people to join in with you? Maybe do a bit of a stage uh, down along the, the 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 length of the Shannon. Yeah, we're hoping to. So, we've been in touch. Probably, I think at this stage, with every club in the country. Um, so yeah, we we put the invite out to, to people to join us if they're interested uh, for certain legs. Um, so we've had definitely some some good feedback so far. I think we definitely have five or six clubs nearly at this stage, and a couple more just kind of individuals wanting to join us. Um, certainly, kind of around I suppose Loch Derg, um, as you come into Limerick and go out the estuary, there's a good few groups. Um, I suppose the only caveat we put in it is that we will be in sea kayak, so we will be, be trying to make a fairly good pace. So we're, we're hoping that anyone who joins us can kind of. You won't, be slow, you won't be slowing down. To, you won't be slowing down to, 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 to suit a few beginners or amateurs like the rest of us. You're, you're old pet, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and I think I read there as well in in your little uh, message there online that you already have some of the fundraising done, but you have a target as well, haven't you? Tell us a little bit about the fundraising itself and how people can support. Yeah, so our fundraising target is twenty thousand euro, um, and thankfully people have been extremely generous now so far. So we've actually just passed ten thousand euro last night. Brilliant. Um, even before we leave, so we're, we're delighted with that. So we're hoping now over the next next few days that we'll we'll keep building on that momentum and then past twenty thousand. So as we mentioned there, right ago, we have a, a GoFundMe. Um, it's called Kayak for Cancer twenty twenty three. So if anyone puts Kayak for Cancer twenty twenty three into Google, and um, it should be the first result up there. Um, um, so people can can find that there. We'll remind them that at the end of the program, maybe Kayak for Cancer twenty twenty three to support this absolutely worthy cause. Uh, two brave men indeed. Um, so that's how people can support you. 
And uh, are you intended to have a little bit of publicity at the end then when you've finished? Or are you just going to go away quietly? Or do you want a bit of fanfare up in Kilrush or Carrigan Hall, wherever it'll be? Uh, we'd appreciate some fanfare, yeah. I, I don't know if we haven't really thought that far, to, to be honest. I know, um, yeah. You've enough to think about, I suppose. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll have enough time to think about it. But, yeah, we're, we're hoping to finish in Kilrush um, on the Clare side of the S3. Um, but I suppose along the way we're going to be keeping people up to date on the social media so we have Instagram and Facebook pages um, so we're putting up posts and stories there just kind of documenting our journey and then we also will have a GPS tracker as well which is accessible through those pages um, so people as well can, can just log on and see where we are day by day even just progressing down the river so Great and ju- just uh, the river itself again uh, just of course we're there now uh, uh, is there white water in the earlier stages or rapids or anything like that to be dealt with as well as the, as well as the distance involved is there, is there issues like that to, be, to, be, to meet? So the very first section say from the Shannon Pass down to the town of Dowra um, and Cavan is actually very very narrow and more more so a stream than, than the river um, so it's quite overgrown as well so what we're actually going to be doing is taking our white water boats our shorter boats for that section um, it'll probably involve a fair bit of walking as well, to be honest, just around trees and hazards. And then once we get down to the, once the river kind of widens out a bit and gets, gets um, I suppose, less, less precarious, we want to transition then into the sea kayaks. And then from there down to pretty much the Castle Connell section here on the river near, um, as you approach Limerick, um, we'll probably have to transition back into the whitewater boats again there for that section because that, that is kind of grade two, grade three whitewater. And then, migrate back into sea kayaks and then finish it out in sea kayaks from there on. Once you get that for your own home territory, you know, you could do it with your eyes. Uh, Kevin, speaking of the day, um, obviously, I suppose, earlier in the morning is probably better, I suppose, to get out in the water. I know it is weather dependent again, but how many hours on a day, on the, each day, are you probably going to kayak for, do you estimate? I would say around seven to eight hours a day. Um, again, if the weather is glorious and we have no wind, we'll, we'll certainly try to extend uh, that day out. But yeah, about seven to eight hours a day, and then probably one or two hours break then during the day. So we certainly, if we if we start around seven a.m. or so, we certainly hope to be off the water by by four or five p.m. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a to- an air an air just it's, 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 it's you know it's, it's a great sport. I know a little bit I've tried of it. I know Kathleen loves it all together, but I know what Gavin and, and, and Mac are doing. Like, th- th- there's a lot of tough, tough, you know, parts to this, and, and, and mentally and physically. So it's, they're brave men to take it on. It's wonderful that they are doing it. So I suppose all we can do is wish them every success in it, first of all. And uh, we'll be keeping trying to keep track of them now. And we, we actually keep a, an eye on your progress as well. Yeah, that's, that's the one question. Can we track your progress, uh, Gavin, um, as, you, as you make your way down along the country? You can, yes. So we, we do have a GPS tracker. It isn't turned on yet. We'll be turning it on some in the morning. Um, but yeah, on either the Instagram page or the Facebook page, there's a link tree there, it's called. So it basically has links to all our all our kind of important places. Um, so if anyone goes on there, clicks that, there's a, a, a link there. It's called Follow Our Progress. And if anyone clicks that, then that'll bring them to the GPS link and then they can track us as we go down the river day by day. So, Gavin Sheehan, um, first of all, on behalf of, of Sportsland here on Scarlet Bay Community Radio, we wish you and Mac absolutely every success, both in the kayaking aspect and the endurance and safety and hopefully achieving that part of it uh, all the way, well on time, and also the financial side of it for such a worthy cause as uh, cancer research. So, all that remains for us is to wish you every success, as we said, and uh, we will hopefully speak to you towards 
the end or maybe even when you're in the water at some stage maybe Saturday Chronicle on Saturday week or next Saturday hopefully but anyway the very very best of luck and we're really thankful thankful to you for joining us uh, on, on Sportsline today thank you Kevin you're listening to Sportsline on Scarpic Community Radio 88.3 and 92.7 in East Clare around the world on scarifbayradio.com and on the TuneIn radio app Sportsline is sponsored by Derek Credit Union. And once again, thanks to Gavin Sheehan for taking the time to talk to us. And as Pat said, we wish him very, very well in his kayaking challenge. Now we've moved from the sport of water sport to kayaking. We go to, to, to Gaelic Games and we're now joined by well-known journalist, a man who's very good to see on Scarif Bay Community Radio. It's Seamus Hayes. Seamus, you're welcome once again. No problem, thank you, Leo. Seamus, we're moving into the, the real business end of, of, of things, even earlier this year, earlier as we're hitting into the, the, the month, of, month of April. And during the week, Seamus, I suppose, um, contesting fortunes for our underage hurlers in the defeat to Limerick in the minor hurling, and great character shown by the under-20s to come back and, 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 and surface a draw against Limerick, a very, very highly rated Limerick team in the under-20 championship. Yeah, that was very good last night. It looked as if it was gone, I suppose. Uh, which I suppose fair play to the management as well. They made a few changes and a few lads that came on made a difference. And in particular, young Colin Cleary there from the middles, uh, you know, he, he certainly caused problems for the, the Limerick defence when he came on. And Sean Wren got a fantastic equalising point in the, just, just before the, the final whistle, uh, you know, under pressure from out on the sideline and 60 yards out with it over the bar. Um, you know, they showed great characters coming back. Um, they have two draws from their two outings today. They still everything to play for. And the next round of games, um, I suppose, could, will tell a lot clear what to Dungarvan. And next wins the week. What were the pointers at the moment? But they fairly put it up to court for a lot of the game last night uh, in, 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 in that game down in Parky Sheaves. So, uh, you know, Claire, you can't take anything for granted against Waterford. Uh, this is a crucial game for them now. They have to get something or, or they're out. So from that point of view, I think that's going to be a key game uh, in Dungarvan and, and wins the week. The minors that uh, choose the night, I suppose, they were, they were a little off the forum they showed in their first round win over Tipperary. Uh, and, uh, they, you know, they paid the price for that. But... Uh, they're still very much in contention. And their next game, coincidentally, is in Dungarvan as well. Uh, and, and, and it's Tuesday week. So uh, Dungarvan will hold the key to a lot of things for Clare in the next couple of weeks. You know, and because the minor footballs are going there the same week as well. And uh, that venue could tell a tale as to whether Clare progress in, in either of those championships. So there's an awful lot at stake. And of course, uh, the senior football is coming Sunday week. Uh, against Cork and then two weeks later we would see the Holland. so there's an awful lot to play for over the next couple of weeks and I think the GA fans everywhere uh, and obviously in Clare with all the Clare teams in action we'll certainly have plenty of plenty to keep them busy and plenty to opportunities to cheer on for the, cheer on their favourites and indeed, as you said, Seamus there, Fratterfield, you know, has is going to answer an awful lot of questions. And of course, one of our greatest days in, in Clare was the winning of our first Munster under twenty one Holland Championship down there. So hopefully that the, the, the memories of that will, will, will be recreated again. Hopefully, hopefully that'll that'll spur the spur the lads on. Uh, you know, the, I suppose it's a great championship and, and, and uh, 
all all five teams, uh, five counties that are in Kerry and and in it. All five counties, you know, fancying their chances of making it through to the next stage. So the next round of games uh, will be crucial. You know, Tip have only one game played there. They'll be playing this coming week, so they need to get a win under their belt, as do Waterford. Uh, you know, the Mishael. They might have a win and a draw from their two games so far. Cork have just played once and they have a win. So uh, the next round of games for all those teams is absolutely crucial. And uh, you know, it is going to uh, test, uh, test the middle of these counties as to where they're going. Uh, you know, it's so um, it's a great championship from that point of view. Uh, I suppose key to it will be avoiding injury because the games are coming hot and fast. You know, all the counties have kind of four games in five weeks. So it's it's a big big demand, and you know then there's a situation where players involved at under twenty who are also on their respective senior panels, you know, and there's this new seven day rule now that if they play for the senior team on the weekend, they cannot play mm. within seven days with the, again with the under twenty. So how counties are going to manage that will have a big bearing as well. You know, there's a couple like there's a couple of the fellas who have been going well for the player under twenties who are part of the senior panel. Uh, and they're beginning to show good for them. So, would the senior team want them? Uh, you, just, you know, the same in Limerick. Uh, you know, Colin Cochran last, last week in the league semi final. You know, your fellas that have uh, kind of on board panels. Uh, possibly Ed, possibly Adam Hogan, maybe. Cochran, a few last night mm-hmm. as well. Adam Hogan, Hogan in our case might be hopefully a case in point. I think he's probably good enough to start senior. Maybe he's playing very well, isn't he? Who's that? Adam, Adam Hogan. Hogan. Oh, he's very well. He's, mm. he's been ex- exceptionally well. Like the player, the player in fairness, the player senior management uh, left him off in the last game there, uh, you know, mm. against Cork two weeks ago, obviously, because he's captain of the under 20. So uh, it looks as if they're going to have more or less decided that they leave him with the under 20s for as long as they, as they can. But uh, he is going well. He's pressing hard for a starting place in the senior team. Patrick Crotty seems to have found a bit of form again. He might have dipped in form a small bit there. Mm. The early part of the season was like he's been he's been very prominent in the last two under twenty one under twenty games in the past week. No doubt, you know. So he's going to be putting his hand up for selection on the senior team, you know. And with the way the game is gone, as you all know now, it's a twenty man game. Any day you go out, you know, every county is using the full complement of subs. So um, the, the chances of fellas playing at the, in, the, in the higher grade are getting higher all the time when you when you can use twenty players. So. Uh, managing managing that between the two teams between the two managements uh, is going to have a lot uh, a, a big bearing maybe on this and if it comes down to a crucial move or, a, or having to win a particular game you know uh, management obviously will have to play what they consider to be the best or make the best move on the day so some of those players could lose out like we saw it last year was it Matt Rogers last out of the under 20s yeah. uh, you know so and the other you know, if you were selling on a senior panel at the front of 20, he obviously is a key, a very important player with the under 20 setup because he'd have the experience on under 20s won't want to lose, you know, won't want to lose anyone. And it's going to happen with player football. That's going to be the case in point. Sunday week, they're playing the senior championship quarter final, an absolutely crucial game against Cork, which they need to win if they're to progress and keep it's their, their game, chances. It's, of their being defi- it's their season defining moment, <laughs> isn't it? That's right. And, uh, you know, and they're playing under 20 on the following night. So I need those under 20s mm. that the seniors might want to use and if they use them, they'll contribute to the 20 on the Monday night. A rule that suits the bigger counties and not the smaller counties. 
So, yeah, that's going, you know, it's going to affect counties like Clare and mm. the counties with the smaller peaks. You know, the bigger counties like the Cox of this world, of where they have huge numbers, you know, they they can afford a hit like that. But, you know, I don't think that uh, the smaller counties can manage it. And, you know, we all remember the days when fellas, <laughs> when there was no ban on fellas playing with, if they were underage, like, you know, mm. we we all remember John Callan playing minor senior, minor under 21 and senior under one season. Johnny McInerney did the same thing. That's right. You know, um, those days kind of are gone now and this player welfare, uh, you know, has been used as a reason. You know, I, I think that that in situations like that, I don't think that that would be against player welfare, that kind of a situation of playing with. If you're eligible, if you're good enough to play with all your all the grades, you should be allowed. I think yeah. player welfare is for your actions <coughs> to play all those grades on the same day or something. But. Yeah. Seamus, before well, we... Well, that's an argument for another day, but it's, yeah. that's the situation that we're in now. Absolutely. And it's something to be discussed again, for sure. Seamus, before we leave, oh, yeah. the, before we leave the minors and 21s, or under-20s, I should say, um, did you notice any, we'll say, similarities in way, the way both teams play? Or do you see a clear pattern developing from underage up that there's a certain way we're going to play now in Clare? Or is that not the case, do you think? I do. I think I, I think that uh, that they're working on that, and I think there's a, a group there, and I think uh, Donald Maloney, I think, is very much involved uh, in that group. They're trying to standardise, if you like. Yeah, I thought You know, they're trying to standardise the style of hurling, and I suppose that in, it, it makes sense in one way, in the sense that if you're coached a certain style uh, when you're playing minor, you know, and uh, if you're learning a style like that and working towards. Uh, Strengthening your game at that level to stand to you when you come up the line, the ranks to the under twenty and to senior. And I, you know, I suppose there's a lot to be said about that, or for, for that kind of a style. And, uh, I think that the, most countries are doing. It. I think, I think it looks fairly obvious with Limerick as well now that yeah. all kind of their underage management are kind of copying the style that John Kiley and Paul Kinnock are putting through, are, are working with in, in the senior team. There's no doubt the template is there. There's no doubt, no doubt about that. Uh, Seamus, yeah. looking to the Clare 20s, and I know, say, last year some lads got brought in onto the senior panel on the back of the under 20s, and I know we're talking hypothetically at the moment, but do you think the likes maybe of, of Sean Rin or someone like that might have put their hands up maybe to be drafted in, you know, into a senior panel late, even late at this late stage? Yeah, I, I, I would I would think so. I, I think there's a lot. There's one thing I don't know that I've argued for a while. I think there's a lot to be said for, uh, you know, if a fella is flying it, if you like, for want of a better way of putting it, if the fella is, is showing good form as the under 20, uh, that, that he should be immediately snapped up and pulled up to the senior, to the senior setup. I know people will say that the senior panel, uh, would have been training together for a number of months now, you know, but if a, if, if a fella hits mm. top form in the short space of time, why not bring him onto the senior squad? Uh, you know, if he has talent and, uh, encourage, encourage him, and fellas like that. Like they're all playing to the same level now. Uh, you know the same strength and con- the, Rob McCahey is the head strength and conditioning man in player holding in player GA. Mm. So and he's doing he's doing he's doing a tremendous job, Seamus. He has really he's doing a tremendous job. Yeah. and all the players across all these panels are working to his template and to his thing. So uh, you know it, it it wouldn't be a, a, a huge difference for a young fella from the minor or under 20 team but particularly from the under 20 team because obviously the minor the under 17 cannot play adult holding but the, those fellas in the under 20 team they're working on the same template so for them to step up to the senior would be no great if they have the ability to, it would be no great uh, change so 
I would agree with you. I would think that. And like, as I said earlier, there was a 10-minute spill in last night's game there where Patrick Crossley literally blew Limerick away. Mm. He got a goal and a couple of pints in a few minutes. You know, and he's finding his form again. And don't fellas like that. And, and oh, he's on, he's on the scene of penalty, so uh, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be pulling him up. But Sean Wren, uh, you know, he's good. And that John Keneally centre-back seems yeah. to have blossomed again this year. He's on the scene of penalty, but he's, he's, he's going very well at the moment. Um, you know, so I would definitely agree if you're showing for him, uh, you should be pulled up the ranks. And, and Seamus, you know, Keneally's another one, another point, and he's got a game in the Munster League, so, you know, um, right. he, ha- he has experience and he's one, he's one for the future. There's no, no doubt about that. Seamus, before we go on to the, the as I said, the, the league finals at the weekend where the four league finals are on, yeah. we go back to the Clare football and they have under 20 and minor, as you said, the minor footballers are down in Dungab when you've done the 20s and you've the seniors. It's a real big couple of weeks for Clare football, Seamus. It's absolutely massive. It's absolutely massive for the seniors especially. Like the the league being relegated after seven years in Division 2, I suppose maybe Clare confounded the the, the, the pundits a good few times in that period but being relegated was disappointing uh, particularly when uh, there were at least two games against Kildare and Dublin which Clare should have won you know they had they had control of those games for long periods and didn't win it so they end up being relegated so it makes the Cork game absolutely crucial now because a win against Cork will put Clare in a strong position to retain, to stay in the summer, in the summer by a cup race uh, if they can get to a Munster final, then they'll retain the, 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 the stay in the race for the Sam Maguire Cup, which is what every county wants, really. It's definitely what Clare want. Uh, Cork has certainly uh, improved uh, in recent months. The, you know, after a couple of lean years, they have come up the ladder a good bit again. They beat Clare when they met in the league there a few weeks ago. Uh, strong second half showing. And uh, they seem to be hitting for them at the right time, but I think from talking to some of the Clare players and management in the last week or two, they know the importance of this fixture. It's, a, it's an absolutely crucial fixture, and I expect a, a, a fierce commitment from Clare for that game. I expect Clare to sprint onto the field that day and to really put it up to Cork. Sure. Uh, Cork will carry the favourite tag. Yeah. Uh, Cork are beginning to believe again that they are a team that can upset the odds and that they should be in the top fight all the time. And from what I'm hearing, Cork's target, uh, and obviously they won't say this in public, but Cork believed that they could rattle Kerry in Munster this year. And I think that's the target they have set themselves is a Munster title uh, and beat Kerry along the way. So they'll be looking at that. Um, They'll have to focus on on the game. They have home advantage. Uh, They will have a near full strength squad from which to select a team. Unfortunately, from what I'm hearing, they won't have Keane or D. He's out with a knee injury, uh, and uh, he'd be a mess with us because he'd be one of the more consistent players, I suppose, over the last two or three years. Uh, you know, but uh, should, should have been should have been an Arsenal nominee, I think. Sure, I would agree with you. Yeah, he has been he has been so consistent, but he he, he picked up a, a knee injury uh, uh, two, a couple of weeks ago that has ruled him out, uh, and uh, to be another couple of weeks before he'd be back. Now, other than that, uh, I think everybody would be available. Darren O'Neill is fit again; he's back training. Uh, following a, a, a tum injury that he suffered in the first round of the league. Carl O'Connor uh, is back, uh, and I'd say you'll be back to your first-choice <coughs> midfield of Dan O'Neill and, and, and Carl for that game. Uh, 
you know, so uh, Clare Farnham has taken a dip a bit. I suppose we, the county hasn't replaced uh, Gary Brennan or David Tuberty, fellas of that standard. They haven't replaced them yet. Uh, you know, uh, the, the few fellas that have come in, it takes time to gain the experience that's mm. necessary, I suppose, to play at that level. So, um, but, the, the, you know, they have been improving and the uh, case in point as was as a man that kind of came into the team last year but he has been improving big time this year him at McMahon oh, you know yeah, he's kicking some great points yeah. he's kicking some great points in every game and I, um, I saw somewhere today in some uh, some place that he's been players top scorer in the league with 20 something points you know and he looked good for Limerick there uh, in the in the Sigerson Cup you know even though they were beaten in the final mid, but he was mid, one of their key players he made team of the year in that year he did. He made he made a team of the year. So, uh, you know, I, and I think Clare give uh, you know they gave a lot of fellas on their panel a run last week against Limerick, uh, and a lot of them would put their hand up for to be for consideration for the game, a championship game against Cork. So, you know, there's a few young fellas there that are coming in and they are champing at the bit to have a to have a cut. Uh, you know, and I I expect a big performance from. Uh, Jamie Malone and the only players of this world uh, in, in, that, in that particular game uh, on Sunday week. And we all certainly hope for that as well. Seamus, I think I'm going to ask you this question anyway, and I think I know the answer that you'll give already, and maybe the same with the camp, Claire. But do you see any merit at all in the argument that maybe one or two are putting forward that maybe if Claire weren't in the Sam Maguire for a year or two and were in a competition, that they would be one of the more you know, advanced teams in and might develop that way. Do you see any merit at all in that in that argument? I, I do. Uh, I do. Like, of course, we, every county wants to play in the top division. Every county wants to play in the top division. There's no doubt about that. But I think with the with the set-up Clare have at the moment, like trying to replace the, the Gary Brennans and the David Troubles and the few like that who have given great service to the county, I think competing in something like the Telton Cup and get the good runners uh, would bring those fellas on a ton. You know, I I I know nobody wants to, to, to lose out of the Sam Maguire Cup race, but I agree with you. I think that would help bring fellas on. I think he did a lot for Westmead football last year. Yeah. Uh, did, you know, if you look at a few counties like Leitrim and Sligo in the in the current league campaign, you know, they've all showed improved for them, and I think that's on the back of, the, of getting a run and getting a few extra games last year uh, in the Talton Cup. You know, and, and from that point of view, I think uh, the Talton Cup can be of great benefit. Now, obviously, nobody, as I say again, wants to see to, to take what would be seen as a yeah. as a downward step, if you like, to bow to the Sam Maguire. But um, you know, I, I I think you have to, with the way the the, the thing is gone, uh, the Sam Maguire Cup race for the last couple of years has really been between two or three teams. There's probably five or six there now that can compete at that level. Uh, you know, uh, maybe if they could maybe tweak it a small bit and have it uh, have it a bit earlier, and that the prize for the winners of the two finalists might be a uh, entry to some stage of the Sam Cup race. But I, I I agree with what you're saying. I think there, uh, there is merit uh, in playing in that when you're trying to build a new team, which Clare are probably at the moment. You know, they're trying to. There's a lot of new players have come in at the last the panel in the last year, year and a half and I think they would benefit big time from a, 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 pro, a prolonged run in a competition like the Tatlin Cup And Seamus as you said you know, Claire, there's no doubt about it Claire that the team is in transition at the moment you know you, you just can't afford to lose the players that you've yeah. lost and you had to be 
I know we're going back to our point here and, and Cullum has been seven or eight years in, in the job and, or what, and what a job he has done. Um, again, we've spoke about this before, the importance of maybe Cullum maybe dedicating maybe a, few, a couple of more years or down to, to the manager's job to oversee this transition, you know, and I know there's great men coming behind, Mike Neal and Dermot Cochran doing a great job with the 20s and, and, and the minors, you know, they're probably going to be the ne- next in line, but it's kind of important for Cullen maybe to stay for another while to oversee this transition, Seamus. Well, I, well, I think it is. I like, I, I, over the last number of years, I have been constantly amazed at his knowledge of fellas playing football and players. He knows every footballer that's shown any bit of promise in every club in the county, from Junior Bio. And like I'd, I'd often slip into games there uh, on a week, even during the summertime or at a weekend. Uh, games that would be seen as lesser games or said down the line in terms of uh, grade. And then Colin had been down the corner and he keeping an eye on So I, I don't know of anyone that knows the players better than he does. Uh, and I think the the, the 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 other thing, and I've said this several times before, uh, the amount of players who want to play for player football now, it would say in the past, uh, maybe one or two out of every four or five that would be at the China senior panel would have turned it down. Now the, every player that I know of is chomping it a bit to get into the senior panel and waiting to be asked and maybe at times kind of hinting, could they get in? You know, because they know the 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 setup that Colin brings and the professional way he deals with things and you know he has a great team of coaches and uh, strength and conditioning guys and the the, the program that they do and the gym work and you know the the the, the, the progress is followed and they the can't they can't kind of slip up and uh, miss training and say yeah it's a it's a, it's a way it's a, it's a way of life now isn't it mm. oh, it's a way of, it's a way of life now and, when you see, like, in, in, I've watched it over the last number of years. When you see fellas driving from Dublin every week down to training, midweek, you know, for clear football, that was never done in the, in the older days, would say. Mm. It was only in the modern 20 years or so, or 25 years, uh, and carried on by column that, uh, you know, that level of commitment is there. That was something that you only see in the bigger counties, like the Kerrys and the Dublins and the, you know the counties challenging for high honours consistently. You only see those doing it, but yeah, all the fair players are doing it now wherever they're coming from. They're there training midweek. You know they're they're, they're not uh, missing training. They have to put in the pro the the, the work wherever they're based in, uh, in the country, and they are doing it. And they're, and they're <coughs> the right to do it. That's the the good thing about it. They want to do it and they want to play for players. So I think that's something Colum has brought. Uh, very much into the scene. Yeah, fair, and he has. Is right. You're absolutely right on that one mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, and which is the big thing because, as we remember the days when people wouldn't be wouldn't wouldn't join up because it was probably worth their while in their own mind. Uh, the club was more important. Uh, Seamus, the under twenty squad is is a decent squad. Some very very good young players and a few who have played one or two who have played senior. So, what's your assessment of their chances and who are the personalities we should look looking for maybe to to break through? Yeah, they they, they have they've put in a massive. Uh, Campaign again this year training, you know they they went through their the Sir Cup the preseason tournament unbeaten. I saw I saw them twice in that and they were very impressed with them. And uh, Michael Nealon worked very hard with that squad and uh, you know he gave everybody a run uh, at different stages of the league. So he knows his panel fairly well. Uh, there's one disappointment I know in relation to that championship. It's the only one of the championships 
uh, in Munster. He's knuckles. He's done a straight, just on a straight yeah. knockout. So, you know, and I know that disappointed uh, Mikey Needlin and his management team because they had they had fought hard to try and have it on a league basis yeah. like the other players, but, um, you know, they, they didn't get, they didn't get, get that carried. So it's a straight knockout. Um, you knockout against Tip uh, in Tullis. Now, they have beaten them already in the O'Connor Cup this year, but, you know, this is championship. It's mm-hmm. a different kettle of fish. Um, you know, uh, Tip football has slipped a bit in the last year. You know, at the county level, the senior team dropped down the line a bit. So um, whether that'll have an impact or not, but Tip is a big county and they have an awful lot of clubs and an awful lot of players. So, you know, a player can't take anything for granted and they're going to Tullis. Uh, you know, uh, Tip would love nothing better than to pull one over on them now. So um, it's, it's going to be it's going to be tough. It's going to be very tough. But as I said, the, the, the management, Mikey Needle and his lads have put in a massive effort. They have a lot of good young players. And, you know, um, um, what you call him, Brian McNamara is one of, one of the key players that they have there. And, you know, they're, they're, they're going to take, uh, they'll take beating. They'll take beating. But again, if they, you can't look past the tip game. That's the one, you yeah. know, win that and you're away to Kerry, which will be a different kind of an assignment because Kerry are Kerry and they dominate underage football in Munster for the last number of years. So they're going to be hard to beat. But, the Tipperary game, I'd be surprised and disappointed if they don't win that. Okay. They've a lot of work done. And Seamus, the minors, as you said earlier on, down to Fratterfield as well. It's the, the end of the triple, the triple decker, as we as, as we'll call it, uh, on, right. the, on, on the Thursday yeah. night. Again, that's going to be a defining moment for Dermot Cochran's outfit. It is definitely, yeah, it is definitely. They have a lot of work done as well this year. They have a lot of challenge matches played. I suppose you know, college's football uh, has. Uh, has, has been going well for Clare schools like we and, we, can, and we congratulate St. Joseph's in Milton for their, yeah, their All-Ireland title point, as well you know, our Spanish Hill point Hill, yeah, sorry Hill won a Munster title you know and Clannons have, have run up a few good good wins and there's a lot of work, good work being done uh, in the schools in Clare at that level uh, So a lot, and a lot of the players uh, you know involved uh, a lot of the players who are making up this final panel have come through those schools those school teams. So, um, uh, the, the, it's a great opportunity. Like the, the four so called weaker counties in Munster, the, the, the outside, they would say Cock and Kerry apart. The other four play each other. Yeah. And the top two, the top two in that then meet in a final. And yeah. then the winners of that go into the semi final against either Cock and Kerry. So, there's a great opportunity, great games there. Again, uh, a tough schedule. You're playing four games, you're playing three games in four weeks. Uh, and then, if you're in the in the in the final of that uh, of that section, you're playing that in the fifth week, and then you're a county. If you could win that, you have a month of semi final and the following. So you have a possibility of five games in six weeks. It's a fair you schedule. Know, it, it's a fair schedule, Seamus. It's a fair schedule, and it's a demanding schedule. Uh, you know, but they have a they have a good panel. So you know, and they 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 use their players, and I I think young players at that level are mad for action. Uh, the they're really enjoying it, and particularly this year, because you know I've seen some of the fellas from Kilmory, from from uh, St. Joseph's Spanish Point, and again from Kilmahill the College of Kilmahill, and from Flannins, and they are backboning this particular squad now. So, uh, and you know they, they are champing at the bit for action, and they want more games, and they want to test themselves against the the the, the Kerrys and the Cox of this world. So that's what the, that's what the test will be when they come up against those, but. Over the next couple of weeks, it's going to be a busy schedule, and 
for Clare this year, they're away to they're away to, to Tip and to Waterford and they have Limerick at home in Milton. So they have they've travelled away for two games in that round robin series. Yeah, so look at um, plenty of football to be played and we look forward to that with relish. Before we yeah. get to the championship, Seamus, this weekend, you know, is the the, the, the a feast of football in, in Dublin, the end of the, the, the National League or the, the Ireland's Football Leagues, uh, the Division 4 and Division 3 final on, on Saturday evening and uh, Division 1 and 2 on on, on, on on Sunday. On Sunday, yeah. Seamus, the, this National League has really kind of captured the imagination, you know, Big crowds, big crowds, and, and and some very good football, and especially as I was down the lower divisions, where you said the momentum from the Talton Cup last year, which has been, cannot be underestimated. You know, you you have Sligo and and Wicklow opening proceedings in Crop Park with the Division Four final. You have, yeah, and and the other thing that stands out for me is that you like Sligo and Wicklow uh, in the Division Four final. You have two Crossmaddin former All Ireland winners clubmates in opposition yes. as managers. Tony McAtee with Sligo and, and uh, Oshin McConville with Wicklow. Uh, you know, and uh, that's one of the things that fascinates me, watching how they have kind of brought new life to these counties. And, you know, no more than Mickey Hart has done it with Laos, who were unlucky now, uh, and not to get to the final of the of Division 2. But, you know, the, these... And, pre- and, just, and, just, these, and just probably clear, clear, counties. Clear knocked mm-hmm. them out. Clear knocked them out. They did, yeah. They did. That's right. You know, these fellas like Ocean McConville and Tony McEntee coming into these counties, they're helping raise the standard, like no more than Andy Morton is what he's done in Leitrim. You know, and they were unlucky that they're not going to win the final six weekend. Uh, so that's another one of the things, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's bringing life to them. There'll be great atmosphere uh, in Crowe particularly on Saturday for the Division 4 Division 3 final, because, you know, they're counties that have starved of success, and, you know, for Wicklow to be involved in a final in Crowe Park or Sligo. You know, every football follower in those two counties, I'd say, will be in, will be in Cork Park on Saturday. And Shane, you know, who, who, who do you think will end up on top? Who will get to Division... Obviously, the two men got to Division 3, but who will go up as, as having the prestige of champions? Sligo or Wicklow? I I have a feeling that Sligo will win it because they were they were in the latter stages of the Talton Cup last year. And they, uh, I think they've that slight bit more experience than Tony McEntee has been with them like he's his second year with them and he's a lot of work on there I, I think that they will be um, you know I, I think that they'll be a few points ahead at the final whistle in that one yeah, and in fairness, McConville has got great momentum out of Wicklow. Maybe after a, a, a arduous start, but he has definitely turned the corner. There's a fascinating, oh, there's a fascinating derby, Seamus, in prospect with Kevin and and Fermena. This is this is one that could be a, a, a real has a kind of a real championship feel to it, hasn't it? It has, it has definitely. And like the Ulster counties, like time was, and we all remember it maybe a little over twenty years ago when the Ulster counties were kind of cannon fodder to all the other provinces, mm-hmm. but. Now they're the dominant force, nearly. You know, any one of the teams in Ulster are capable of, of of beating any of the big ones. You know, I think that they have the the the, the Ulster football has come on a ton. Now maybe Lahalas don't like the style that they play. They're a hard hitting team. Uh, Ulster, they're a hard hard hitting football, but they're they're entertaining. They're getting great crowds to all their games. Uh, you know, so. I think that that is the makings of a great game. And Fermanagh probably would be seen uh, as one of the, the 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 smaller counties and the smaller teams. So uh, rather the the lesser lights, I think they have a lot tougher, an awful lot tougher. 
so I'm expecting a cracker of a game with that one. And who do you think will come out of it in Kevin, of course, have the experience of you know winning division four last year? Kevin have the experience year. and Kevin, Kevin have been there and the, you know, they have been um, kind of winning a few um, titles in recent, more recent times so they're, they're probably going to be expected to win this one but I wouldn't write for men out but uh, Kevin are entitled to the favourite thing. And Seamus, then we turn to the Division 2 final and two teams here who have probably eyes on, on further on in the summer where with Sam Maguire and taking the Division 2 league final and they had a, a, a very hard game up in, in on Big not, not less than a, a month ago between Dublin and Derry and again, there, there's a markers to be set down here again, Seamus. There definitely is. I'd like, I suppose Derry have been the, maybe, if you like, the foreign team of the league, uh, of all the leagues, you know, and they got to the All Ireland semi final last year and were disappointed themselves that they didn't make it to the final. You know, they've an awful lot of work done and uh, um, they have a very experienced team now, like with backbone by fellas from either the Glen or Slotnade, two clubs that have, you know, been in, in the, to the forefront in the All Ireland Club series for the last couple of years. Um, but I, 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 I think that Dublin are going to win this one. You know, Dublin, they've been working away there quietly. Uh, Jack McCaffrey coming back has been a huge boost for Dublin football. Paul Manning, as he went back in command of Leicester, and not to mention Stephen. I was just going to say to you, the young, the young man himself is back. Mm, promising. The young fellow coming back himself, you know, and uh, obviously the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, without doubt, yeah. Football. You know, he's oh, so yeah. consistent. Uh, you know, and I think Dublin have been working away nicely. They've loads of talent. That has the makings of a really, really great game because. Uh, Derry will be rattled if they don't win this one. They've made so much progress and they're going all out for a title uh, and it might rattle them ahead of their Ulster Championship because the Ulster Championship is going to be a real dogfight uh, in my book with you know, any of the teams yeah. that are there could, could upset could have set the forum the forum book there. But I just think that Dublin experience and you know, when they have everybody back um kind of to the level that they want them, you know and, when you see Conor Callahan is back, he's going well and on much. And, you know, they have such talent. Brian Fenton was back to his after maybe quite a year last year. And, um, you know, I, 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 I I just, I, I just think Dublin are going to win this one, but I'm really looking forward to it. I think it will be great. Yeah. Seamus, speaking about Stephen Cluxton, and it was quite obvious in the last couple of years that you know, even Comfort an up and coming goalkeeper, the Dublin kickouts were not finding their men. And maybe it was um, really affecting their setup there. Do you think maybe that's the reason why he's gone back for Cluxton? That you know, to to set up their play, that they they need someone of of, of his experience again. And, we, and, and, you, and, and second question: Do you think they're going to play him? Um, that's the one I I, I find it hard to make a make a call on. I, I mean, they may not start him in this one. They may not because it's the final game of the, of the say, Division 2. But obviously they brought him back with, well, I think, with a view to having him for the championship. And I think the, the, his distribution, I think, is the key That's the world I was trying to find. That's the world I was trying to find. I have no doubt about that. I don't think you'll see. He's not going to be doing what you know, uh, Ethan Rafferty with uh, with or uh, these fellas do what they're an extra forward. I don't think Cluxton will be doing that. <laughs> but uh, he'll be doing his primary duty, which is to get the ball to a, a teammate from whatever that is from freeze and then don't forget he's lethal from freeze as well absolutely and has been and he's been we've all, we've all seen that the way he won in All-Ireland a yeah. few years ago with the last kick of the game 
So I think this is distribution that is the, is the key. Yeah. Uh, and obviously he's a fantastic goalkeeper. Yeah, you know, and he he probably keeps everybody in place. Maybe as well. He's so experienced with keeping all his backs in position. Um, so from that well, point of view, Seamus, I I don't think they'll start him this week. I think they'll yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll him in, and if they if they're winning by a few points, I'd say they might just throw him in. Then make sure they just uh, let let's see that he's going to be the man. Yeah. But Seamus, if there's one team to rattle a Dublin team in a final or a, or a semi or a semi-final or any big game like that, it's one of those good northern teams because physically they don't fear Dublin. They'll match the fitness and they have this physicality, as you say, as well. So if Dublin are to be beaten, um, as you said yourself, you hinted at it, Derry would be one possible team that could beat them. Oh, I, I, I agree with you. I, I agree. And Derry have done massive work and improved massively over the last two or three years. You know, and they're very, they look to have a very settled team now. You know, with Conrad Less and uh, you know, Christy yeah. McCaig, the, the team captain, and the, um, Bradley in the forward line. You know, they, they have a very talented... And Clare found out how good they are for their cost the last group. couple of years as well, haven't they? Clare, mm-hmm. Clare have discovered how good they are to their cost in the last oh, couple of years as well. Definitely yeah. have, yeah. definitely mm-hmm. have in recent times. So, you know that that's a game that I'm really looking forward. I like all the finals really have have the potential to excite. Yeah. I think that I think there'll be a big crowd in Cork for the games over the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, not to not, not to mention the, the Galway Mayo. Yeah, and, and I suppose Seamus, as you said, the, the crowds have been going to games have been massive for the football. There's no doubt that the league final is going to get an attendance bigger than it ever had to uh, d- this weekend. Mayo and Galway, look at uh, an old age rivalry, a real spicy affair for a league final, Seamus. Yeah, definitely, and I know there's a lot of speculation from people as to how they're going to approach it given that the championship is so close and that they're in the same half of the draw in the Connacht Championship. But I think that both these counties want a title. You know, I think Mayo under McStay, well, obviously the championship is what they want, but under McStay, I think they want to put down a marker uh, that, that that we're here at last and we're, you know, this could be our year. Galway under Parish, I they have come on in leaps and bounds over the last two or three years and I'd say they have sweetened every game as an All-Ireland final. And with Shane Welch and Comer uh, and, you know, they, they, they have they have a lot of talent now and they, they have, they have the, maybe given a lot of time to a few of the lesser lights, if you call them that, uh, in the panel so I, I, you know, I think they have options now that and, and Peter Seamus Peter, Peter Cook a big options when, once he decided to commit oh massive, massive addition to the panel massive and you know John Daly uh, at centre back and you know they, they, they have so and McDade you know McDade was so such an outstanding player last year they, they, they have and not to talk of the Sean Kelly you know he doesn't look like a full back you know he looks that bit smaller but he has been arguably the full-back of the, whole, of the whole season. He's probably the best footballer in the country, if you were to name it at the moment, in fo- on forum. C- correct. And, and like he's quite capable of going up the field, as we've seen, and get vital scores, be the goals or points. You know, so um, I, 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 there'll, be a lot of, uh, there'll be a lot of interest in, the, in this one to see uh, which team will put down a matter. They'll obviously be asking questions of each other with the championship around the corner. And they'll be trying to raised out in, in, in each other's lineup for the no, championship no I think doubt, that'll be the priority no doubt plenty of mind game Seamus where will the Division 1 league trophy go who's going to have that bit of momentum going into the championship in the, I have a sneaking suspicion that Caldwell will win it uh, I know Mayo have been 
maybe the farm team in the league. But I, I just have this suspicion that Galway are going well. That there's a huge hunger in Galway, and Gal- Galway football, when it's uh, uh, when it's at its best, is uh, is very attractive. Like you're going yeah. to go back and it look is, at yeah. the three in a row team mm-hmm. in the sixties and then the teams that came through in the, uh, in the odd time over the eighties and nineties. Michael Dolan you know, apologised so. teams, yeah. And the th- the team that Joyce himself played and then won all Ireland with, you know, and uh, they, they, they seem to, you know, they seem to be put that's in, in place now again. And um, I, I have a feeling that Galway are going to really test a lot of teams this year. There's no doubt about that. They, once they come, they, they stay around for a while. Seamus, as always, it's good to talk to you here on Scarif Bay Community Radio. Thanks very much for your views and your extensive views on, on no, matter men, no man knows it better than yourself on, on the football uh, side of things and all sides of football especially. But as always, very good to take to, 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 for you to take the time to talk here on Scarif Bay Community Radio. No problem. Thank you very much. Thank you. And that concludes our sports and so here today on Scarif Bay Community Radio in association with Derek Credit Union on 88.3 and 92.7 FM. My thanks as always to co-presenter Pat McNamara. Thanks very much to our guests Gavin Sheehan and to Seamus Hayes and thanks also to producer uh, Jim Collins. Thanks very much to you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our show and we look forward to meeting you in, in the very near future. So all that remains is for me, Leo Dial. Until we meet again, it's Bannock Day, August Lawn.